Julia Bobbin. She's a coffee person with a sewing problem and today you'll hear how there's so much more to this Melbourne sewing icon. It's been 10 years since that fateful day on the 27th of August in 2009 where she first slouched in front of a sewing machine and sewed two pieces of calico together with a straight stitch. Love at first stitch. And ever since then, she spends all of her waking hours fantasizing about what she's going to make next. You're listening to So Organized Style Podcast, produced by me, Maria Theoharis, Susan Goodwin of Measure Twice, Cut Once Patterns, and Anne Wally, the Pattern Whisperer. Today, we were able to drag Julia away from her latest sewing project and congratulate her on being featured in Sewn Magazine this month. What a woman. In part one, Julia gives us hints about her work featured in this month's Sewn Magazine. Julia also talks to us about where her sewing journey began. How are you, Julia? I'm so well. How are you? Yeah, really great. Great to chat with oh, you. I think I've seen so you at cocktails. <laughs> oh, yes. But yeah. I haven't had a chance. I mean, it's, it's such a hectic night, isn't it? It is. I know. It's sort of like a wedding in a way where you, you have all these guests <laughs> and you want to see everybody. But when you actually do the numbers, even if you spend five minutes with each person, that's like four hours or something oh. like that when you add it all up. So it's actually impossible to grab everyone and have a meaningful mm. conversation. But I try. I really do. You do it's a so good job nice. of it. Yeah. Oh, thank well, you. Congratulations on the podcast too. That's awesome. Thank it's you. It's great to see some Australian people representing as well. I mean, the sewing community is so big and, and wonderful and I appreciate it all. But mm. it's, um, it's just nice to see one from this part of town as well. Thanks. Well, well we've got to make a show, don't we? <laughs> we do. We do. <laughs> <laughs> some people might need um, some subtitles for our accents but you know we're helping the reason I contacted you was because you said yes. that you're in Sewn Magazine yes Ooh. which is very exciting it is I, it's um yeah so I, I got contacted by the producer or the editor Michelle and she asked mm-hmm. if I'd like to be part of it um, which was really exciting and it's always really humbling when someone reaches out and asks you because you sort of you're doing your own thing mm. um, and there's some great people in this community and it's really nice to be able to represent and it, I think also in in some sort of way my family just thinks I'm off you know making pajamas or something in another room so (laughs) it's really nice for them to be able to say hey mum and dad I'm in a magazine they go oh okay that's something you know you're not just dancing on Instagram in your pajamas um so (laughs) that's nice um and it's really exciting actually because she had very set guidelines on what she wanted me to do Mm-hmm. Um, and so the theme is well, cause it's for the November, December issue. There's a bit of a yes. Christmas theme. And so she has also asked me to do a Christmas inspired outfit, but to do a vintage mm-hmm. dress. So okay. something that is available to be purchased now. So other people can then um, make it themselves. And that was really fun for me because when I first started sewing, that was one of the reasons that I got into sewing. And one of the main things that I used to do when I first started sewing was I had a real love affair with vintage fashion. And now it's a mm-hmm. bit of a, a morph of everything, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, whatever suits me, what suits my body shape at the time, mm-hmm. all of the above. So it was really nice to actually have that set guideline of we want you to do a vintage dress and to be able to go back to what, how I all started. 
yeah. so it was sort of a romantic you know 360 for me to be able to go back to that and I really enjoyed it so and even I'm, just doing it at a time when I have more skills now than I did when I first started doing mm, vintage so definitely. to be able to progress it a little bit better was really nice now did that start from mad men because I've done a little bit of research was oh, it mad men that got you going to I've got to have those clothes yeah well I I don't know if it was this actually it wasn't mad men at the mm. time when I first it but it wasn't soon after that that it really affirmed my love for vintage fashion when I started watching Mad Men. Originally, when I first um, started sewing, I did a lot of swing dancing, oh, um, okay. which had fashion from the 40s. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what really got me excited about fashion from other vintages because I'd never really... I mean, the internet wasn't what it was back then, so I've been sewing for 10 years now. And yes. it got me excited about it. I really loved the romanticness of it all. Mm. Um, and even though I think Mad Men was really what cemented my type of vintage that I like, because swing dancing mm. is more 40s going into 50s, whereas mm. my favourite vintage, if I'm doing true vintage, is probably the 60s. Um, and I discovered that by watching Mad Men and going, oh, that's how I want to look. That's how I want to dress. Oh. That's what suits my body. Um, and so then when I started doing vintage, I pretty much stuck to doing the 60s. Wow. So, yeah, Mad Men definitely had an influence on what type of vintage that I did, um, but didn't kickstart the love of fashion from other vintages. But it's, it's really nice to actually see um, fashion from every era and appreciate the creativity and yes. also how a lot of it was born from necessity or, um, mm. you know, if it was wartime, which might have influenced the type of materials and textiles that we used or, yeah. you know, if they even had sewing machines. So there's so many lovely things that is incorporated, incorporated in um, vintage fashion that made it really exciting and interesting for me. And it was also something that wasn't as readily available in the stores, whereas now you could go on Etsy mm. or do a Google search oh, and yeah. you would be able to find a replica pretty easily mm. um, to fall in love with vintage sewing or vintage clothing rather. And then to learn that you can actually make it yourself was a, a really big moment for me when I first started sewing. Yeah. And the first dress you made and you put on, and it was vintage. How yeah, did you the, the, the clouds parted <laughs> and a ray of sunshine came down on me and it was a big moment. And I, and I, was, <laughs> I was saying to you before, you know, that when I get into something, I become a bit of an evangelist for it. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to have that moment where in, in, in a lot of ways it was this creative outlet, I really enjoyed the process and also the engineering part of putting mm -hmm. something together. When you, when you first start sewing and you've had oh, no yeah. experience like mm -hmm. I had, every single piece looks like, if I put this together, it's going to resemble a tree. How is this going to become <laughs> a garment? So when you do put it together and it actually forms this 3D shape that is interesting and it fits your body and is this style and in the colours that you want, I mean, it was just like, this is all I'm doing now. I don't need food or toilet breaks. I will just sew for the rest of my life and my days because it was just, it had such a huge impact on me. Um, so yeah, it was a good moment. <laughs> so, so tell me, how did yes. your friends feel about that when they saw that, what's Julia doing? Like they would have been 
Yeah, I, I think that um, my friends have always been super supportive and so they were always mm -hmm. really nice and encouraging, especially when I look back at a lot of my early garments and think, I don't want to look too closely at some of the details or when you, you start sewing and everything, you suddenly discover that fabric is, is the best thing and the reason yeah. that you breathe. So you buy all the fabrics without of giving course. mind to the type of textile or if that print suits you. So there was a couple of things that I made that um, ne weren't necessarily the most flattering or nicest. Um, but my friends were really amazed quite often if I made something and they'd be like, Oh, I like that. And I could say the, the classic line, thank you. I made it, oh. with, you know, passion and, you know, fever. They were, you'd always get that reaction of what, what do you mean you made it? Mm. And that and, still. And, and then do they come and look at you thing. a whole lot closer or do they just take it as is? Cause I've had that experience where yes, people come up I, and they look at a scene it's like, yes. what, what's the difference if it's a scene that I did or a scene that a factory did? Seriously. That's right. And I yeah. think it makes you realise that people don't, they really don't have that great a concept of how mm. something is made mm. because when it is such a shock to think that a, a human by themselves could make something, even something as simple as a skirt, it makes mm. you realise I don't, know that even if you said something is made in a factory or something that they know I think there's this concept exactly. that it's like there's robots coming down <laughs> and putting things in ovens or something because uh it surely it must be easier for one person to create something than you know bits and pieces on a production line so um but it's a nice feeling and it's um and it, and it quite often inspires qu questions from people like why do you sew or you must save so much money sewing. That's my favourite. Um, <laughs> Never answer that. Never. <laughs> really, um, okay. Um, but <laughs> it's always comes from a really nice place. Or, oh, can you sew me something? That's so another favourite. But yeah. it, it's all, it, people are interested and that's really lovely. And like I said, my friends have always been really supportive to the point now where it's, I have to think about if I go somewhere, and I am wearing something that I haven't made. I have to think about that because people mm. will say, did you make that? And then uh, if you say no, they're, oh, okay. <laughs> they don't really know what to do with that. So, you know, I have to be a bit more um, conscious of what I'm wearing now. It's a trap. Yes, it's exactly. Trap. <laughs> that's right. You can't that's go right. shopping in ready to wear anymore. No, no, that's right. Exactly. No point. Um, yes. <laughs> That's right. So, you know, I have to be more conscious of what I, what I make and wear, but that's nice too because it, it, yeah. it keeps that creativity and that motivation going, which is, um, which we all need and all want. So I can't complain. So we've got Susan now. Hi, like Susan. Hi. Hi, I'm just joined. <laughs> nice to see you. Yes, lovely to see you. Um, I had a quick question. Uh, so I know that you work out and go to the gym a lot and clearly love yes. uh, going to the gym. Do you yes. make your own gym gear yet? No. <laughs> um, I have definitely bought fabrics because as any fabric hoarder knows, we have always have grand plans to make yeah, all sorts of things. So yes. I have the fabric. I have the stash to go with it. Um, and I certainly would like to. I think it's more that a lot of what I do make um, tends to be, you know, everyday stuff, is, but more maybe a bit, fancier or something that's a bit more formal um yeah and, it's what you enjoy right and what i enjoy wearing and 
uh, a lot of activewear, um, you can buy good quality activewear. And perhaps if you bought the fabric, it wouldn't be that much cheaper to make it yourself. Um, mm. So I'd sort of, it's one of those mm. things I definitely want to do. Um, and there's some great patterns out there, but I, my list of all the things that I want to make keeps growing every day. Um, and so if we all made that enormous burner. list, it would be, oh my gosh. it would just take us like, you'd have to live multiple times over exactly. to make the entire mm-hmm. list. But <laughs> if I did make it, there would be French seams. There would be color. There oh. would be probably sequins because you know, you yes. only live life once. Exactly. Um, and going to the gym shouldn't be boring. Exactly. You need to let people know that you've arrived at the gym. So, you know, maybe a cape. Just, yes. Yeah. There's not enough gym capes around. That's right. Though so I will say I would, I think my, the first thing that I would like to make um, active wear is probably a sports bra because um, mm. they're not always the most comfortable or the mm-hmm. best fit. So that would probably be something that wouldn't be too difficult um, and would allow to make some tweaks depending on what type of exercise I'm doing. And so that would be probably mm. quite beneficial. Yes. Yeah. Makes it's sense. Cool. Though, yeah. Even though I make my own active wear and make my own bras, I don't make my own sports bras. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> we need to talk. Yeah. <laughs> you guys I have some ideas for you. So Julia, tell me what's your favorite color? You're, walking into that fabric store mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you've got your already a set idea of what you're going to get. <laughs> Where do you get magnetized to? Well, as one of the things that I, I can't help it. I, well, firstly, I love to sew with solid colors. I found when I did a little poll on how much um, I make with solid or with prints, I find with the exception of this dress that I'm wearing right now, I'm <laughs> tend to be drawn to solid colors. And every time I go to make something, I don't know if I consciously am aware of it, but I'm drawn to pinks, pinks and whites, a lot of bright colors or strong solid colors like mm-hmm. reds and blues, things that sort of suit my skin tone. But I think a pink is just, <laughs> I, I, I often go, Oh, I could make a pink dress. And I go, Julie, you've just made a pink dress. And I literally made a pink long coat this year. And now I've started doing a pink blazer. (laughs) I can't get away from pink. It is just my color. It calls to me. I feel, I actually um, read once that apparently when you wear pink, you get best custom service. So maybe it's this, you know, subtle thing that it's, you know, you people respond really positively to pink and I just love wearing it. I love making it. And it's one of those things too, with lighter colors that you can see the detailing in your sewing so much better as well because it is bright. So if there are interesting design lines um, or styling, it stands out more on a lighter fabric and I just feel fresher and brighter. And maybe also because I have dark hair, the contrast is just better. It just, I think it's a color that suits me. So I'm drawn to it whenever I make things. And I think at one Frocktails once someone said, Oh, you'd love, making white and I've realized I do. And then oh, I think I'm going mm. to pink phase. I keep going between <laughs> pink and white all the time. It's, it's my color. I, yeah, I'm happy there. I could, <laughs> maybe it's I'll a good place make, to like, be bridal collection or something and just wear all white and pink, but no, they're, they're my colors at the moment that I really respond to. And, and pink is quite in vogue at the moment. So not mm. hot pink, mm. but like a, you know, a dusty pink or a vintage yes. pink, you know, that sort of soft pink. Um, 
that's my safe place. (laughs) (laughs) That's where I feel happiest. So, yeah, I love me in pink. We're up to part two with Julia giving us a rundown about her current tailoring work. This skill development is giving her greater control of her sewing projects while bringing her another level of sewing joy. Blazer, which I haven't taken photos of yet, and I've already started my next blazer with all the pad stitching and and the cotton tape and all of it, hand stitching the collar and all the lining and because it's just, it gives me so much joy and it's really a nice way to combine um, enjoying making something and being creative, but also having that artistic outlet, but also using that sort of engineering part of my brain that, that loves doing, you know, the crossword and the age and the Sudoku puzzles and things like that. (laughs) I get to use that sort of, you know, A plus B equals C, that stuff really appeals to me. I like to understand how things work. Um, And so tailoring a jacket is like a big puzzle and it also makes me feel like I have a lot of control because I thought that the hand stitching would be something that would be something I just had sort of have to push through and what I found is that it actually enables to for me to be exact with my with my um, garments um, and I've really enjoyed that that's been a surprise for me how much I've really enjoyed the hand stitching yeah it's been oh, a, a real eye-opener for me the pink's gorgeous Oh, thank you. Gorgeous. Thank you. You're going to make a suit, may as well make a bride. Why not? Exactly. (laughs) So, you said you've already um, started a second jacket, but while you've been working on those two, have you been thinking that, like, oh, I could use these new skills and try something new, like more complicated? Or are you just like, nope, I'm in love with jackets. That's where I'm going. Well, certainly, I, I mean, it's, it's like Pandora's box. You know, you sort of, the more you learn, the more you realize you mm. don't know. And so then the more you want to learn, <laughs> yeah. it, it doesn't go, well, great, I've ticked that off my box. You just get hungry for more. I'd love to do tambour beading. Is that how you say it? Um, I've tambour? Also enro- tambour? Yes. Yeah. I've enrolled in a one-day workshop to do that in January, which is exciting. And I'd love to really hone in on the art of sewing pants, which I've always been very scared of, mainly because I am quite um, bottom-heavy. And so it's not something that I tend to wear so much. I tend to wear skirts and dresses mainly because it's just too hard to find something that fits Mm -hmm. me right. Mm -hmm. I did make a pair of jeans for the first time, which was my first pair of pants that fit. And that was good, you know, mind blowing as well. So it would be good to be able to um, really learn the skills of doing the proper fit for pants. But I'm a real beginner when it comes to pants. So I I don't want to jump the gun. I do believe in going through the process and and trying Mm -hmm. to get as much information as you can and go through the steps. Um, So just like with the tailoring of the jacket there's not that much information online or there's some books and things like that that Mm. are helpful but a lot of people Mm. that learn it they might go to school to do it or what have you you know there's a lot of people that know the skill and there's a lot of blogs that you can read as well but because it is more time consuming it's not you know for someone to do a tutorial online it would be a bit more involved but having had the experience now of sewing for 10 years has enabled me to give it a go now. Whereas I think if I tried yeah. it five years ago, I might've had a harder time of it. Um, yeah. So it's nice to get to that point. So when it comes to pants, I just have to be patient and make some more pants, make some more mistakes <laughs> and then get to that point where I can really uh, amp it up and, yeah. um, and perfect it a bit more. And you briefly mentioned that you are uh, with your photos and your photos are always 
amazing, like total mm, goal worthy well, photos. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. It's all the hair touching poses. I mean, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> and do you take them yourself? Like, do you have a timer or do you, do you, do you no, get someone my, else to take them? No, um, my long suffering husband takes them for me. So, <laughs> he's a uh, yeah, he, he's a good sport, but I would really like to learn how to do it myself um, because I think that that would be, then I don't have to rely on anybody else to do it and I can set it up and get things done. Just like this jacket, I really want to get it photographed, but I have to wait. But um, yeah, I'd really love to do a course online on how to do it and then get like a little remote and set it up and... Mm. And you know what? That's sort of exciting mm. too. That might open up another, not that I need any more hobbies, but, <laughs> um, you know, another avenue of something that I can get excited about and have a bit more input in how things look and the control that I have over that too. So that would be something that I'd like to do. But at the moment, they're just photos are taken in my lounge room with a couple of plants in the background. <laughs> they look plants. amazing. Like plants. they look like well, really thank good. thank you. They Thank you. Good. Thank God for makeup and flash photography because, <laughs> yeah, it, it could be a different story. Um, but, yeah, no. And I, I really enjoy that part of it too. I, I love to make a garment and then to be able to see the pictures and see the progression and, mm -hmm. and be able to, you know, I look back on my blog now and look at the sort of style evolution and the different fabrics that I've used and different things that I've made. And it's really just nice to look back and, and see, you know, my own little journey over the years and, and what I liked then, what I like now, what sort of, or the sort of um, cha more challenging things that I might have attempted. It's, it's like a little diary <laughs> for me to look at. Or even if I'm making something again, you know, to go back and go, oh, that's how I did it. Okay, exactly. cool. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I've looked at my own tutorials sometimes and gone, okay, how do I do a bound button mm -hmm. again? Right. <laughs> Thank you, Julia. <laughs> So that's been useful. Um, but, yeah, so it's nice to be able to take some nice photos to go with um, a garment that you've put a fair bit of time and effort into. Uh, there was a comment that you made earlier where you were talking about how you sew for your body now. Yes, yes. And I think that's really important. When I – and there's a couple of things with that. That's why I also think it's really important to sew um, a muslin or a toile. Yes. Because you 100% never regret taking that extra time. And when you get a garment that really fits you correctly, you enjoy it more, you wear it more, This you don't waste fabric. It's just mm -hmm. there's so many benefits. But I also – I mean, anybody that looks over my photos for the past 10 years also sees the evolution of my body shape changing as well. And as we all do and hormones and yes. having two kids and all of that. But having said that, I, sewing has been a real positive thing for my body. And I really believe that, you know, we have this idea sometimes that we will happy one day or when we do this or when we achieve exactly. this, we'll be happy. Or saving yeah. the fabric oh, for I'm, the good thing. Oh, Exactly. I have mm -hmm. my brother, he says, oh, I'm going to, I want to get a leather jacket or I want you to make me a leather jacket, but I'm just going to wait until <laughs> yeah. I've lost five kilos. And then, I, and I just think, okay, I totally get that. We, yeah. we're all victims of that. That's a whole mm. different podcast, but um, <laughs> it's one of those things that I really believe that we should um, be celebrating and appreciating our body right now. I mean, mm. a lot of people yeah. sometimes, and look, each to their own, but they might be going through something and they think, I'm going to wait until mm. then, until I make this. And I think, well, today is the day. We don't know what's happening tomorrow. And I feel like I appreciate my body and my craft more when I sew and fit 
my, I, I went through a period after I'd had my first child where my body shape had changed. My boobs were the size of a house. I could feed a whole village, you know, if I needed to. And everything had moved and changed. And I, and I thought, and I kept trying to make things in the old sizes and it didn't work. Mm. And I sort of had to have that real talk to myself, like, well, you need to do another muslin, Julia. You don't have the same body shape. Um, and that's great. I mean, I think I'm probably the most confident and happiest with my body shape now that I've ever been and certainly not the smallest that I've ever been. But I think part of that is when you make clothes to fit you, doesn't matter, you know, what you're comfortable with, you're going Mm. to look good because it is, it is something that is a, that works for your body and you're celebrating your body. And I think that, that if you don't make clothes that fit you, there's, you're subtly putting out this message that you're, that you're not loving yourself and you're not Mm. appreciating yourself. And I, you know, I do love and appreciate my body and I'm definitely going to reward it by making something that fits it. You know, I think that's really important. It is. Yeah. I know that um, my winter clothes are always bigger than my summer clothes and it's just how it is. Right. Until you put it on Mm. summer, I start to take it off for some reason. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Yeah. And that's right. There's clothes that will fit us at some point or, mm. you know, depending on, you know, all sorts of things, whether you've got your period or not, you know, exactly. it changes all the time. Um, but, you know, it's, I, I want clothes to fit my body, not my body to fit the clothes. I, I feel like we have this craft and we have mm. the skill. So, yeah, yeah, I'm going to use it to, and you can make beautiful things for any stage in your life. And that's really exciting. It is. Yeah. There's one thing that I find that with um, anything that you do, Julia, you have this, it's an invitation. You really do invite people into your Mm. life. You have a vibe about you and it's a can do. It's a can do attitude that just. That's so nice, Anne. Thank you. But it is, that's who you are. And it's, you're saying, come and watch me. I'm going to touch my hair. I'm going to have a little play. <laughs> yeah. and look, look what I've just I'm made. just so glad my mother doesn't follow me on Instagram, to be honest. <laughs> oh, no, she's, she's very kind of supportive. But, but yes. It's fun. And I think that's what you bring to the sewing community. You bring mm. the fun, the tongue-in-cheek, and you know what? I have got a sexy body, and <laughs> I'm okay with that, you know? And that's, oh, thank you. That's really, it's wonderful. And I think that's what we love about you is that you are quite happy to show us what you can do, the journey and everything that you produce. It's got your personality attached to it and you get the vibe and we go, here comes Julia and it's happening. The party's here. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I wear sequins to make sure that people know you know, they need to know. <laughs> Thank you, Anne. That is so kind of you. I really appreciate that. And it's so nice to hear that that's how it comes off because I think we all have yeah, that sure. moment on social media where we sort of think, oh, who, and look, we all remember the bad comment or the bad experience. Yeah. Most of the time that we're really lucky in this sewing community that we most 99.9% of the sewing community is very supportive and encouraging and uplifting. And I think that it's the last little slice of the internet where people really are supportive in that way and quite kind. It's predominantly kind. Mm. And that's something I certainly appreciate. So I try to be, you know, the the same, but it's, it's nice to hear that it it comes off well because I I try to be as authentic as I can. You always are. Yeah within the internet 
world. <laughs> but yes, no, it's, <laughs> thank you. That's lovely to hear. <laughs> Just wanted you to know that you do, you lift up people. And well, thank you. you know, even if we're struggling with a few stitches and we've, you know, pricked our finger and the blood's on there, you know, you spit <laughs> on it and you get off it straight away. It's, um, <laughs> it's doable. And that's what I think that we really... We want people to think, oh, look what she's made. It's impossible for me to do that. It's not impossible to do anything mm. if you've got this no. heart and this confidence to just try it regardless. Right. And you well, give that. You give well, it. thank you. And I, I think that when I first started sewing, what I really found with the sewing community, because I, I, when I started, I did a two-hour class um, on a Saturday morning and you would you'd go in there and you would sew for two hours and you, we had a teacher there who was fantastic. She did everything old school, which has really taught me um, a lot of discipline, but I would go home and I'd feverishly want to do more sewing. And so I'd look up logs and that was really mm -hmm. what was around at the time. Yeah. Um, and there were so many free and helpful, you know, blog posts about how to do things. And it's a really sharing community. And mm -hmm. I think that that's maintained even 10 years later that, the, the main thing that I get from the sewing community is that everyone is just really wanting to help and assist and help teach, which is really nice. Yeah. And it goes across all continents and all yes. you know, types of people. And I think that's really amazing. I uh, do volunteering now on Fridays, this wonderful organization called Dream Stitches. And here's a bunch of women where basically we teach um, these women to sew and most of them can't speak English. And I sort of thought, how am I going to do this? Because I'm a talker. I talk through everything. And it, it's been a real eye-opener to see how much you can communicate by not talking. Probably a good lesson for me, actually. Um, <laughs> and seeing how you can actually teach and communicate with someone over a shared passion and love. And that's been really inspiring as well. That's really that's good. In part three... Julia gives us hints about her work featured in this month's Sewn magazine. When does it hit the newsstands? It well, um, we I can talk about it from December one apparently. So I'm assuming it'll be available from December first. Okay, but mm. I don't know for certain. I've ordered my copies, so mm -hmm. that will be. Yeah, I have no idea, but I'm assuming. Well, it's November, December, so potentially at the end of November, but I'm thinking the start of December when, is when it's going to be released. But okay. So it'll be gonna... very exciting yeah. to see it in print and, and, um, and it's, it's also sharing how I made it and the tips that I used. And when I did make this garment, one of the requirements was to make it as per the pattern because quite often now if I make something, I will always make slight changes. I still made fit changes, which is always yeah. appropriate, but yes. um, I did it as per the pattern. So in some instances, I might have wanted to do a different mm. um, seam finishing or something like that, or even the construction of the bodice had, um, so you had the garment and then you had the interfacing and then you mm. had lining and it had boning in it. And when I've added boning, I typically add it to the channels, to the interfacing, to the middle layer. Yeah. Um, and this pattern had it on the actual lining. So that was something that I did differently, okay. but I mm. obeyed the pattern. But it was actually mm. sort of fun just going, no, I'm going to do it exactly as the pattern says. Um, and 
yes, that was really enjoyable in, in that regards because I quite often go off on my own little tangent of how I want to make things or make slight changes. So I do love a genre and I do love um, set rules. I respond well to someone saying, okay, I want you to do this and I want you to do it this way. Okay, cool. That's my challenge. And I really enjoyed it. So everyone's going to have to keep their eye out for this issue so that they can yes. grab it off the newsstands or get yes. their own subscription, yeah. something like that. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's right. So, yes. so will you dress in the dress or the garment or the pants or the jacket and, and hold mm-hmm. the magazine up oh, as well? I think I'm going to have to. I think I'm going to have to. <laughs> yes, you might even definitely, do the grocery for sure. in it, yeah. you know. But you'll definitely see photos on my page of it too once it um, comes out and you can see if you can spot the Christmas theme in the background. Mm. Um, might we'll have to repost this. Parents. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So, yeah. Yes, it's, um, yeah, it was really nice to make um, that vintage dress. And like I said, it was, it was different to what I've been making lately. I haven't been making as much vintage. Um, and even it was a print as well. So I haven't made a print fabric dress for a while. So I think it'd be a lot of fun. There's something about vintage too that it gives you an instant personality. As soon as you wear it, you mm. sort of feel like, oh, okay, I'm ready to go somewhere. I am somebody now. You know, it's yep. like wearing a costume almost. Um, it sort of gets you in a mood. And that's something that's really nice about vintage is it gives you that sort of sense of self almost when you wear it. You feel a bit more visible and, um, yeah, so it'll be fun to wear that Unique. out. That's yeah. right. Unique. Thank you. Unique. Excellent. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, we'll be looking for you around in, you know, lots of various locations where you can just pop yourself in this outfit in different backgrounds. Please, please. <laughs> I'll, I'll send out little random notifications about my location when I'm wearing it in my stories and say, please head down to the Coles in, <laughs> in Burwood. Um, there may be someone in a vintage dress there. And then you'll see security dragging me out because I'm trying to do like a little runway down the aisle. But look, I'm wearing my vintage dress. I yes. think people will know. Care. Everyone will be thank happy. you. Don't worry. Thank you. <laughs> and the security for taking me away, probably. <laughs> um, but no, I, I do like. I don't. And that's one thing that people do often say. Oh, where do you find opportunities to wear these things? And I don't find opportunities. I just wear them. You know, yeah. if they bring me joy and I like to wear it, I will wear it. If it's a school pickup or if it's going <laughs> to the grocery shop. I'm going to wear that thing. I put a lot of time and energy into it. Yeah. It makes me happy. Why not? I'm going to do it. <laughs> and it gives people something to talk about too, doesn't That's it? Like right. the colour yeah. and what you've chosen. And yes. so it's a conversation piece. Absolutely. And I've certainly talked to people too when they've realised that I've made something myself and then they may have then gone, oh, and, and it might spark an interest in them and then they might ask me more about it and so other people have have then maybe started their own sewing journey too and so that's really nice to see I love meeting people who have just started sewing because you know I I recognize that excitement um, that from when I first fell in love with sewing and I love seeing other people come alive when they find this passion and they all they want to do is talk about it and make and sew all the time and I, it's so relatable and it's such a lovely part of sewing yeah. and I'll never tire of seeing people getting excited about it because that's how we all began really most of us anyway you know that excitement to create and to make you know it's it's really special 
have you ever made anything where once you finish it, you've gone, this isn't me? Oh, yes. Yes. And I still have done. <laughs> I think I'm a lot better now. At When I first started sewing, certainly I made a lot of things that I still didn't really know what suited my body shape. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and you know, that's been actually something that's been a real boon from sewing is actually learning what I like to wear, what I feel good in um, and what suits me or what I think suits me. And really that's the only thing that's relevant. But um, I've certainly made things where I've just gone, oh, this is not me or it's been pretty, but I've just never worn it. Mm -hmm. Um, So it sort of hangs in the closet. And yeah, I did make something not so long ago that I just went, I'm never going to wear this. (laughs) But, you know, it was was something that I sort of had to do at the time. And um, it was a learning. Yes, absolutely. And Mm -hmm. we're, you know, that's something that, with all things sewing, you can learn more and more skills. You can grow all of that and educate yourself as much, but you are still going to need a seam ripper every now and then. You are still going to wear, mm-hmm. make things. Even when you do a toile first, you're still going to have those moments where something just doesn't work out for whatever reason. And that's okay. That's part of it too. But I will say that gets less and less the more you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly making um, a toile first eliminates a lot of those instances but it still does happen um and I did Marie Kondo back back when the book first came out before the tv series and so I really do get rid of things if it if I if it doesn't bring me joy um and even my fabric stash it all fits into the one display cabinet all standing up very neatly so if it doesn't fit if I have more fabric, then I have to get rid of some of the fabric that's in there. So I really, oh, it makes discipline. me make, yes, you, I know. <laughs> Who knew I could do that? Julia, <laughs> tell me about the sequin fabric. Cause when you had made that beautiful dress for Foxtails last year, yes, and then yes. you had the giveaway, I thought, yes. oh, but those sequins. Yes. I know. And they were beautiful. Oh. But it, it was one of those things that I knew I wasn't going to sew something personally for myself again. Um, and I thought, well, why not let somebody else use it and make it, you know, I pay for the postage. Um, and it's really nice that it gave that person so much joy when they received it over in Germany. And I think that's really lovely. I, I, it's just like giving somebody else a book, you know, it doesn't mean that you no longer have that experience that you had with that book. You're now allowing somebody else to have also an amazing experience. It actually amplifies it and gives you another talking point, you know, with somebody sews the same fabric as you there's that like sewing bond that you have so that wasn't a hard thing to do um I you know I I made a garment that I was really happy with it with that fabric so I still had lots left over I was I was happy to see it go somewhere else and you know it didn't fit in my fabric cupboard so it had to go (laughs) it makes you actually make really good conscious decisions about what you buy and what you make when Mm -hmm. it can't you can't just have mountains of it. Um, but it wasn't always the case. I used to have like my boot full of fabric and <laughs> random, you know, cover. you'd probably go to open a, a pot to get a tea bag out and there'd be some fabric stashed in there. Or something. <laughs> so it wasn't always good, but you know, I am a lot better at it now. So I really do try to be conscientious about the fabrics that I buy for the projects, but I you I buy and make things with really beautiful, good quality fabrics. You do. So I don't, um, I don't hold back on that, but it also stops me from just getting all the fabrics because um, I try to not just let my 
stash grow out of control, you know. Marie <laughs> Kondo would be very happy with you. <laughs> she would. Yes. Thank you. Can you please send this podcast to Marie Kondo? That would be great. <laughs> we'll give her a shout out. <laughs> Oh thank you God. so much it's been so good no, thank you thank you i really appreciate it. and for your lovely questions and kind comments as well it's been an absolute joy to be on here and to talk with you ladies so thank you so much for having me it's thanks for uh, putting us into your week into your yes. very busy week yeah oh no i i mean sewing is one of those things that i can talk about <laughs> eons so you know you basically it's like saying to me um julia how do you feel about me giving you 10 million dollars is that okay like would that be something you could use you know this is this That's is my analogy you know <laughs> this is Thanks. my happy place so i really appreciate you enabling me to just talk about my favorite things you know how can that be bad so thank you excellent okay. well thank you so much ladies i really Thanks, appreciate julia. it so now you know that when she's not sewing like a crazy lady or hyperventilating in fabric stores, she likes to go running, salsa dancing, indulge in a good book, knit and be merry. That's just part of Julia's recipe for a happy life. One thing I never knew about Julia is the volunteer work she's doing each week at Dream Stitches. Julia's a great example of contributing to the sewing community, both locally and globally. This episode of So Organised Style was produced by me, Maria Theoharis, with sound by bensound.com. Thank you to Anne Wally and Susan Goodwin for joining in to speak with Julia Bobbin today. I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as we did producing it. So Organised Style, spelt with an S, not a Z, is available on our website, soorganisedstyle.com, with all the links to this podcast and our earlier podcasts as well. You'll also find our podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, CastBox and iHeartRadio. Subscribe to our podcast to listen to our earlier podcasts and tell your friends about us. We publish podcasts each fortnight unless we have a newsworthy podcast. Thanks for listening.